This is Coach Maddie Nafa. She is a Bridge Lacrosse alum, also our varsity girls coach and Summer Academy counselor. She's done, yeah, Maddie, you've done just about everything for us. You were an intern for us one year, right? Yeah. Your summer intern. I've you've done hit a every, lot, except for your job. every program rank. Well, you're welcome to have at it here <laughs> soon enough. I don't have enough time. I'm sorry. You've been back since, when did you graduate? 2015. You were a a summer intern before you graduated, right? And then you went back to school and then came back. Yeah, I think I was a summer intern either 2013 or 14. Okay. Something around there. I don't remember what year I was in. And then I graduated and started coaching right after. I think we kind of talked about you were planning to come back to Dallas anyway, because you were originally wanting to teach at Irma, right? I played around with the idea, but teaching was an extremely like daunting concept to me. I, in order to wrap my head around it, I wanted to start with the younger kids, which is okay. what I ended up doing. I think it would be really fun to teach at Irma having gone there. You like your school now. You like your kids, obviously. Yeah, they're fun. They keep me on my toes. For sure. I like my conversation last night everything kind of begins with COVID and just how individuals are holding up. So that's kind of my question to you is just how's your routine? How's your day day to day in terms of being kind of self-quarantined? I I mean, every day is is the same, but different. I'm a, a firm believer in like, if your mindset is right, then anything can be worthwhile. Right. So it's, it's a battle and it's not easy, but every day I make, an obvious attempt at trying to stay positive or find the bright little tiny things that keep me uh, going. So in that sense, I'm doing fine, but also I live alone and I like being around people. So that's, that's, that sucks. <laughs> like any other day, it's, it's second by second, minute by minute and how, how you feel, right? Do you feel like you have a day-to-day then, like a, like a routine that kind of matches what you were doing when, you know, pre-COVID? No. And I'm like, I love routines and every day has been different somehow. You would think it would be the same, right? Since I'm at home every day, I like will wake up at a different time, do a different thing to start off my day. No, my routine has been extremely off, but for me, that's a, that's a good thing because it's showing me that I don't always have to be like exactly on the schedule that I'm typically stressing about staying on. Because as a teacher, you would have, you have a pretty regimented day-to-day just oh, yeah. um, in terms of having to be at work at this time, the classroom schedule. I imagine a lot of that doesn't change throughout the year. All at work, always stressed about time. Like there's never enough time and I'm never on time. And now having all the time in the world is like, <laughs> it's, it's a challenge for me, but also in a good way. It's forcing me to grow in some weird aspect that I probably wouldn't have. I think we're all going to come out of this with, I don't know, maybe a more polished skill set that we didn't think we had. I don't consider myself, I don't know if I have those like introvert type characteristics, but there are times where I'm like, I'm just sitting on the couch, sort of repeating things in my head or kind of like playing stuff out that I normally don't do, you know, because there's so few tasks, really. I find myself putting more time and energy into this task because it's the only thing occupying my time. Whereas right. if I had a thousand things on my to-do list, like they're not getting a ton of attention because I'm just trying to cross it off as quickly as possible. So there's like a quality aspect to it too. 
right the, those of yeah. us that are fortunate enough to stay home are having to practice mindfulness and it's one thing that I, I I'd like to get out more to our kids I think our la my last email was kind of was a quick little headspace YouTube video about appreciating nature and that can obviously be a lot of things for me it's just like opening the window but mm -hmm. for you know other people it's like you know, if they have live near a trail or a park or they have a, a yard or just like their front porch or patio, those are things I want to start to put out to our kids a little bit more because I do think we're getting into this point of this self-quarantine where that headspace and mindfulness is going to be really important to how kids just maintain. I think for the first couple of weeks, kids were just like, oh, it's cool. This is like a long spring break, a long vacation. School's not that hard. And then, but I think now as we get into the third, fourth weeks of a full month, that those anxiety stress levels kind of creep in a little bit more so. But I think also, I, I was thinking about this as I was, you know, pondering my thoughts as we do 24 seven now. That's why like the beauty of sports is that you practice like we always say mental toughness, right? And you go into something not knowing the outcome, but it doesn't mean that you give up in a sense or hopefully you don't beat yourself down. And we practice that on the fields all the time, right? Apply it to our everyday, all the time lives. And it, it's a hard thing to do, but it's also something that is incredibly powerful if you continue, you know, challenging yourself in that way. If any of our varsity and JV kids are listening, that's an incredibly important thing because it is, it's a difficult thing when you're alone. It's, it's certainly difficult to be mentally tough when you're around teammates and the support system on the field or, or in a classroom or, or whatever the environment is, it's, it's a lot harder sometimes to be mentally tough when you're sitting at home alone or, you know, with, with fewer people around you in that space. So yeah, yeah. that's to all of our, all of our high school kids who are listening. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of you listeners. Yeah. <laughs> that's also, Which, that's also the uh, time where it's most important though, is when you are alone. Cause if you can't yeah, be absolutely. mentally tough alone, then be doing it around other people is like, where is it striving from? You know? I, I want to hit more on the education aspect. And you, so you teach fourth grade, correct? Third graders. Third graders. Gotcha. Tiny humans. So, yeah. Some familiarity with, with that age group. I don't think I've coached a third grade <laughs> team in years. Seeing them on thing. the field is such a different like perspective than in the classroom. When I got to the pleasure of coaching alongside the younger kids coaches, I was like, wow, these kids are having fun right now. I imagine it's interesting to see that dynamic between just like a structured classroom and kind of a free play environment. And I don't, obviously don't see it. I don't see the inside of the classroom in terms of the virtual learning and, and kind of how you're engaging with your kids. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, last night, we talked a little bit about summer slide and how do you see with DISD being indefinitely closed? How do you see your kids sort of functioning going into summer, what they retain, what they don't retain, how virtual learning sticks with them and going into the fall semester. Right. So I see a lot of sides to it. I'm going to start with the negative side, then I'll go to the positive side. There we go. Um, the negative side of it is that there are students that are behind already and they do need the support in order to, you know, either get to where they should be or get past where they already are. And in going to a virtual learning style where not everybody has access to the same technology, or the same resources, mm -hmm. that is extremely challenging. And, you know, I'm trying to stay optimistic about it, but I don't foresee that being extremely positive to their current learning. However, the 
the bright side of that situation is that a lot of teachers are super dedicated. So whoever they have next year will be putting in effort in order to catch them up or pick up what they missed. And then yeah. the positive side to all of this is that like I have never seen my I've been with my students for long enough to know a lot, you know, a lot about them. I've never seen them be this resourceful and it's taught me so much. And it's also just like inspired me to do better. Um, you know, I think a lot of us who were either coach, right, or teach, we want to offer everything that we possibly can to help them be successful. And sometimes mm -hmm. that can be too much. It's like sometimes take a step back and let them offer themselves those same things. Yeah. And right, right now they're having to, and I've just like, I've had kids turn in work where I was like, wow, like that was extremely creative. You found stuff on your household in order to make this possible. And you're learning far more that way than if we were doing like a word problem on a piece of paper, right? As educators, we have to, sometimes you have to, <laughs> in the best way possible, I mean this, you have to trick kids into learning, right? You have yeah. to make it stuff that they're interested in, stuff that makes sense. So I teach math, right? And a lot of people feel like, what is math useful for? But like I did an assignment yesterday, I was talking about how I have eggs in my fridge and I eat two eggs every day. How long can I do this until I have to go to the store again? Because I really yeah. don't want to go to the store. <laughs> like, so it was like something so simple. Uh, again, third grade math is a lot <laughs> more simple than like what your high schoolers are learning. As long as it's things that they find useful, then they're inspired to do it. So like I have some kids doing uh, projects on Pokemon cards uh, just because go. they, they love it. And they're, they're like, I don't know how they work. I'm learning, but there's like different, they're worth different amounts of points or something. So they're actually doing math and playing Pokemon. I'm, try, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, in this weird situation, make it as useful as possible. So they're still learning what it is they're supposed to hopefully right. ideally but it's also in a way like it's in, in the most ideal way which is like how is this useful to my real life outside of school you know that comes up with any high school you ever talk to and i'm sure we said it when we were in high school i'm never going to do this again right so mm -hmm. it's a chem test a math test whatever i'm never ever going to learn this again and i the thing i always tell kids is like it's not the content it's how you process the information and how you solve problems exactly. that's really I, for, for me, that's what I've always thought about, you know, because I've taken, you, I'm sure we, you and I have both taken courses that could never remember a single thing from a textbook, but that semester in that class helped us, you know, break down problems and work with mm -hmm. people and, and let's talk about that transition, because I, I like, because the one thing I, I enjoy talking to teachers with is, is that aspect of coaching and the different, and cl like classroom management's really fascinating. I mean, I've read a couple of books on classroom management and teachers who high profile teachers who've written books about schools, whether they're, you know, low income or disadvantaged schools or private schools or colleges. Managing third graders and managing your varsity girls. What are like what are the similarities and differences? So I'm I'm a firm believer in like allowing students or players to be self-sufficient. So like I want them to be able to guide themselves in whatever way possible. And I don't want to micromanage that. For my third graders, I, I obviously have to be very specific with my um, expectations for them. But other than that, it's like if you, I'd say the way it's similar is that if someone realizes that you care about them, they're going to be willing to offer their best at all right. times. 
So that's my, that's my biggest management technique <laughs> with both is that like, I care about you and therefore your actions are going to show that you care about yourself and me also. That's a tough question. I've not really thought about that. I, it's so much easier to ask, you know, 18 year olds to do something than eight year olds. <laughs> yeah, the the level of investment of an eighteen year old in in a varsity lacrosse team is different than the investment of a third grader into a math class. You know what though? I will say what's challenging is that my third graders, it's like, wow, Miss Napa is always right. That that woman is speaking the truth <laughs> all the time. And with the older kids, it's kind of like you have to you have to sell it to them a little more. It's interesting. I feel like because I've coached just about every grade level. But there's something about that, you know, a practice or a game is such a limited amount of space. A season's a very limited amount of time. I mean, you're with your third grade kids more in a week than we are with our kids in almost a full month. Yeah. And so I think that level of just that frequency is really interesting. And that's one thing about like really good classroom management that I'd like to replicate with our coaches, with, co- with myself as included. It's so hard because you don't have that frequency. I agree. And also, I think as I'm getting older, I realize that I don't understand teenagers. Like, well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're so yeah. confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't get it. I, I agree. It's extremely challenging to build relationships when you only have, what, four hours a week? Yeah. But also, you're you're getting to know each other in a completely different way. I would... I mean, you have to be uncomfortable in, in school and on the field, but I'd argue you're uncomfortable emotionally and physically on a lacrosse field, which then you're more uh, open, right? Yeah, which I think there's a vulnerability. Helps, well, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. That may be different than a classroom setting. For sure. And I think that's for, I think that's for coaches too. I think there's a vulnerability for coaches that I think is maybe different than a teacher. Again, I don't know. I'm not, I haven't been in both, but you know, and in part because there's a, there's a win-loss aspect to coaching, right? right. And there's, a, and there's, a, there's a direct opponent. And I think that kind of affects the way we manage our teams versus if we were in a classroom, you're just sort of insulated. There's not a sort of a natural opponent necessarily out there. Right. And then on a field, your team's goal is pretty much the same. Maybe you each have an individual goal that you want to reach on the field. However, your goal is to, to win, right? That's the ultimate goal of playing the yeah. sport. And then in the classroom, everyone doesn't have the same goal. Everyone has individual goals that they're trying to reach. So it's kind of more challenging to find that sense of unity, I would say, when everyone's at a different level reaching a different specific academic goal. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, that there isn't a classroom isn't. I mean, would you say then a classroom's not a team then in, in that aspect? Ideally, it is. And if you form the right uh, culture in your classroom, it is one. However, you know, when I work really hard on that, that's something I'm passionate about also, having had a background in sports, right? I'm all about teamwork because we have to work with people all the time. Mm-hmm. And the, er- the earlier you learn that, the easier it becomes. But when, you, when I get a brand new class in the beginning of the year, I have to start forming that. And at the beginning of the year, you know, you, the person sitting next to you is just someone that's like breathing on you and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to like, you have to figure out ways for people to realize why other people around them are important and useful. And everybody really does help everyone reach that common goal if you treat each other right and find yeah. the value in each other. It's a, it's a completely different. I go from, you know, eight-year-olds to 18-year-olds 
And I'm also going from teaching academics to teaching or coaching the sport, right? It's like my daytime job and my nighttime job are completely different, although both are centered around teaching, right? Or coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Or some, yeah, some level of instruction. Right. I'd be interested to see how the reverse then would be for you if you were coaching third graders and teaching high schoolers. Honestly. And we'll pull, and we'll pull, we'll pull coach Emily into this at some point because she's, she teaches the inverse. What do you think that would be like then for you? I think coaching would be, I'd be fine. The teaching thing, I don't know. I don't 18 know. 18-year-olds. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's that I couldn't do it. I think it's more of like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. I've never, I've never taught 18-year-olds, so I don't have much to say about that. I'm not sure. Coaching, I think I'd, it'd be cool, but it, I, you know, I'd be a completely different type of coach coaching third grader third graders are a different this is a different breed of human of human yeah no (laughs) and i think uh, the one thing that's really fun is is seeing and you've been out there the the kindergarten team i'm watching that and just i don't know you're i guess when i've been around we've had third graders so for so long in our program i forget that there's small humans come in a younger format in a smaller um, size yeah Yeah. in a smaller size (laughs) and are still able to carry a lacrosse stick yeah, I mean, you see, I go out there to hang out with them for, like, fun only. Like, and they're great. I, I go out there for, like, that is therapy, right? The same thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've started to realize how much I really do miss that routine of lacrosse. You know, anyone who coaches in any sport who's, you know, who, that got interrupted halfway through or, or whenever. But, yeah, that those interactions, even if I'm just standing on the sideline watching like you all run three V two drills. I, that's, I get so much joy out of that. And that this going into this third week and seeing like little notifications on my calendar pop up of like, Oh, you're practicing. I was like, Oh, we don't. Yeah. It's, it is, it is a bummer. On you and Jason's talk, I was listening to it and you, uh, someone, I think Jason had mentioned that he didn't realize how big of like a part of his life that bridge was in terms of like a social aspect. And it's like, same, like, all all of my social encounters are now gone because right <laughs> this bridge is currently on pause and on the field on pause on the field yeah um, and th- yeah. and that kind of and that might be a good segue of, to the high school you know how what we're doing with our high school kids which is these zoom meetings and we're sending them these workout plans and fitness plans and videos to watch and little game film how do you think the zoom meetings are going you know they i think they're as I think they're exactly what they need to be at yeah. on that day at the moment. Um, we're not forcing them to do things that are like completely out of interest for them, mm-hmm. which I think is beneficial at the moment. But also there's times where we are asking them to do stuff that maybe they don't want, maybe they don't want to do a two minute plank, but right. also there's beauty in doing things that you don't want to do sometimes. I think they're going exactly how they should be going. And, and, we're not putting a schedule necessarily in terms of our routine in it. It's like, Hey, let's meet up. Let's catch up. How are you guys doing? And I think that's, I mean, that's what we all need right now is that support. I agree. I, I like. I think that, I think you phrased that really well. Initially when we put out these zoom meetings and we, you know, we didn't have a timeline. We thought we'd maybe be back in a couple of weeks, a month at the latest, but with that there would be a season for me, it was, okay, we need to continue practicing and working because we'll be back in two weeks or three weeks. So, you know, here's what we're doing. And so the structure was, we try to come up with a lot of structure. And then now realizing how disruptive this really is, let's just sit and stare at our screens, 12 different little screens where we recognize the person in, in it. 
and there might be like that awkward silence, but I think, cause there were, there have been a couple of times where, yeah, there's been nothing said or there's nothing, there's no prompt. And you just realize we're all just staring at each other because we haven't seen, you know, because, and that's, a, there's enough, there's a sense of community in, in that. There doesn't have to be space filled or structured in it. I think that was nice. Most of our players, you know, I mean, all of our players are with family members and at times that can become something that's like you're in the routine of seeing each other all the time so it's not necessarily like oh hey how are you doing it's like i see you every day so i'm not gonna try to catch up or yeah, ask yeah. You there's not you like are. a new conversation we can have we just talk we you know we see each other every day right but in seeing each other even if it's on the computer it's like oh i haven't seen you in forever what have you been up to i miss you everybody needs that feeling at times you know I, and my hope is that these these meetings, because we're going to keep them twice a week, you know, continue to be 12, 15. I think the boys are maybe 15, 16 the other night. A couple coaches jumped on. I think it's going to be because we don't have a timeline. Even if we have no prompt or there's nothing to really to talk about, it's just like, hey, let's just chat. And at one point in the boys meeting, all 16 little boxes were talking. And I realized as chaotic as it was in my headphones, it was just sort of nice to have that chatter, even if no one could hear each other, no one could decipher a question or, or anything. I kind of miss that just sort of. Yeah, it's the know, exact same that as that void practice. being filled with noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's just a it's normal exactly, practice when yeah. people talk, when, co when players talk over coaches and, and vice versa. Yeah. Thinking about, so yeah, the season's obviously canceled. Well, I said, hold on, let me take that back. The varsity, the high school girls league has not officially canceled but you know I, I think there is a reality that getting back to any getting back to a season is highly unlikely when do you think we'll get out of this like what do you think that that timeline looks like if you were to guess I have not I don't have any sort of <laughs> educated guess I'm, I'm not sure I think it's gonna you know I'm really really holding on to the fact that we will be back to normal by like let's say August mm-hmm and I really, really, I think we're all hoping sooner the better, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to be open with the thought that it, it, we don't know the timeline. And then, like, you, our season is not canceled officially, right? But also accepting the fact that our normal C and our normal season is canceled. That's over. Whether yeah. we go back and play summer uh, scrimmage or competition or whatever right whatever we whatever we do to fix it is not going to be the same but also that's okay becoming okay with the the things that are changing are changing and then looking forward to whatever it is we do to pick up the pieces like I, I've been thinking about the seniors a lot and like yeah. putting myself in that like in that stage in your life is I can't even begin to process what they might be processing right now and it's like so much of me is like, wow, that really, like, that's hard. Like that's, you know, you miss prom's a really big deal when you're in that age. Walking across the stage is a huge deal. And just like stuff like that is unknown for them right now. But then also hoping that they take it to like, or try to change their mindset into, okay, well, I'm not having your normal graduation ceremony. Mine's going to be different, but I'm still having one trying trying to find some ounces of beauty and positivity yeah for sure there, there's um, always opportunities for some silver lining in these scenarios this one is obviously 
for one particular class, pretty hard to, di- to digest. Yeah. I'm sure it's hitting them in, in different aspects, but you know, some like, for example, a c- couple of the boys who are off to play division one, they're just like, okay, cool. We're, you know, we're done with high school. Like we're on to college across, we're on to that next level. Yeah. That light at the end of the tunnel is a little bit more clear than maybe some of the kids who they're not sure where they're going to school. They're still working on the financial aid aspect or they're still deciding which one, which school they, they want to go to. So I think if you have a more structured plan, you're probably weathering this a little bit better as a senior because you just, you know where you're going to be and presumably you know where you're going to be in four months. Very true. Sorry, my wife is. For anyone that's listening right now, David's sitting in a closet. Yeah, I'm sitting in the closet and it's, <laughs> it's my podcast booth. There's just too much noise in my apartment. It's just dogs <laughs> breathing and my wife on her phone. Anyway, you've been a big part of the Summer Academy project. Yeah. We don't, we, yeah, missing out on that is going to be, it's going to be tough. Like I'm still, I, I know you mentioned that is going to be for you a pretty big loss for the summer, not being able to go back. I'm 27 and I thoroughly look forward to going to summer camp. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but it's, that's one of those experiences where I have had nothing but a blast and you get to see kids in like uncomfortable situations. You also get to just like hang out with them in a way that I don't, I don't have kids. So I don't typically get to hang out with them on a time like that. That is, man, the dance party, the rope things, the, the games, the morning PT, all of it, the food. Let's take a moment of silence for the The, food. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And I, I, not going back, I'm starting to realize that that's less and less likely. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine convincing putting 60 kids in the dorms. That's a great idea. That's, I think, the They're tricky part after. about it, right? Is like, even if this is like ending, at what point do we get back to our normal routines? Or like, yeah. at what point are we even comfortable with it, right? Um, I, heard a, I heard a great comment uh, specifically to the sort of youth sports world or sports world is that after COVID, after we're all allowed sort of back outside and, and some normalcy returns is that individual sports are going to take off. So like tennis and golf, gymnastics, those are going to be just unbelievably packed, you know, and people are going to really gravitate towards those because we may not be able to have a 10 v 10 or 12 v 12 lacrosse game. So in lieu of that, it's let's go play pick up 2v2 basketball because the Y is running a 2v2 league because that's the limit of number of people you can have on a court at any given time that'll be interesting to uh figure out if uh you know we're allowed outside but maybe it's only 10 maybe it's only five kids at a time and a coach i'm holding on to no we're gonna we're gonna gonna have the full yeah well and we and we talked a little bit last night about how the summer league is was such a highlight of of the summer along with summer academy and then even going into the fall you know, we run two pretty heavy programs. If school doesn't get back into session on time, what does that look like for you as an educator? I have zero answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I'm holding on to the hope of it ending sooner rather than later. Now that could be like completely naive. But that's what I is keeping me going at the moment. I wish I had uh, some like profound thought about that. I have zero, like, I just like, I'm holding on to like, this needs to end yeah. so that we can all like 
uh, like my main thing is like, sure, it sucks for us, right? As adults, but the kids, I keep going back to the kids where it's, you know, some kids are stuck in homes that they don't need to be in that environment all the time. And uh, some kids are not growing as much academically that they could have, which could have a permanent impact on their lives, the way they turn out versus what they could. It's like little things, sure, that's super dramatic, but it's their reality at the moment. And so like, sure, I'm whining and complaining because I have to, wa- oh, I have to watch Netflix again. Oh, <laughs> terrible, yeah. right? But it's like, man, these kids are like, we have the ability to choose how we handle it. They have smaller ability to choose how, what their environment's going to look like. Day-to-day. Yeah. Those challenges will become more pronounced over time. You know, two weeks, everyone seems to be in okay spot that can only and that's only going to catalyze and you know a a week for us is much different than a week for a family who you know whose parent got laid off or whose parent and you know is it might be sick um and is dealing with healthcare issues so yeah there's a lot of those issues kind of that you know that aren't a part of my routine but obviously a part of bridge that hopefully you know we can help address if if and when they come up right i love the idea of people writing journaling throughout this and even if it's not writing down your thoughts you can take a quick video of yourself explaining how you feel because one day you will look back at it and be like wow that was my reality at that moment and like look how it did change or my thought process then when I thought that everything was awful and would never be better look at now it is better just having that, that basis of something to reflect on or for kids being able to grow up and then look back at it to certain things that they were experiencing at the moment. I think it's such a great idea. I've always like kept a written journal, which every here and there I'll go back and take a look at it. And it's just so, it is, I'm like, I don't even know who that person was, you know? Now though, I've had to get used to speaking on camera so much because of my job. So now I've been doing every here and there, just whenever I feel like it, just a quick video diary. Um, okay. Because I think I'm curious to see how that will feel looking back at like actually watching myself versus, versus looking at something I wrote down. I think my first thing I wrote down for this whole uh, COVID-19 thing was literally like, so COVID-19 happened. Uh, that's all I have for now. Like, that's, like, <laughs> that's all I wrote that's down. That's all I can process for the at, day. Yeah, at the moment, that's all I had. I think this will be maybe a little bit of, of that for me, this podcast. This is oh, what we did. Yeah, this is what true. this is what I did. This is how I filled my time. And these are, to some degree, these are some of my thoughts, pretty open and you know, or available rather. Yeah, on April seventh at eleven fifty six a.m. This is what I was talking about. Yeah, these are the things that were kind of <laughs> on the on the top of my head, and they all related to this one event that prevented me from going outside and playing lacrosse. Do you have maybe almost like a shout out or something that you want to? share with maybe your team or who you know whoever's listening no pressure yeah sorry (laughs) I I didn't get I I put Jason on the spot too but um maybe something that this is kind of what I'm doing and then this is kind of what I want to remind maybe it's your varsity girls whoever's listening even just like a tip of like this is how I found I have found this helpful in this time period okay Hmm. you have time (laughs) like presumably I I mean I have so many thoughts right um, I guess I'm just going to speak on what I've been doing in hopes that yeah. it offers maybe any, anybody who's listening some insights that may be helpful. So my main thing is like, 
controlling my mindset. So anytime I start to have those negative thoughts, I either put it on a timer, like don't allow myself to think that for that long about negative options or all the bad things that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so give myself a time limit on that because we're humans and we have negative thoughts. That's part of being alive because negative things happen. So let's not just avoid the fact that they're happening, but put it on a time limit and start to be proactive in the sense of like, well, how can I either change my mindset or change the outcome? And that's just, that's honestly what I'm struggling and challenging myself to do with every tiny little thing at the moment. Because when it comes down to it, uh, this confirms that we can't control anything. Everything is out of our hands. What we can't control is our reaction. And if there's any time to work on that, it's right now because our hands are completely tied. So, I mean, that's really about all I've been doing. And and in that, it's it's helping me remain more positive, which then I'm projecting that to the people I'm uh, around. But by that, I mean Zooming with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then hopefully it creates like a chain effect or a trickle effect to where other people, you know, see a little ounce of sunlight in this weird, weird, weird time. I think that's a great thing to wrap up on. So, Maddie, thanks for doing this. I this was I know this was maybe a little awkward. I'm still getting used to this idea of, of operating a podcast for Bridge, but I appreciate you hanging out. Oh yeah, of course. I had, I had fun. Always have fun with Bridge. <laughs> <laughs>